Hello everybody, um, welcome to another episode of The Black Codes. My name is Trevor Gwynn, I am one piece of The Black Codes puzzle. Today we have a very special guest with us um, by the name of Mark Twain Carpenter. He is a systems engineer and he has been a member of The Black Codes for... A little over a year now. A little over a yeah. year now. Ooh, we got some longevity in there. We got some longevity in there and it's always good to see that. So. Ten, um, ten months lurking, two right, months talking. Right, hey, that's how we start. That's how we start. You gotta fill it out yeah. and see what y'all talking about. Yeah. Um, and then once you're ready, you uh, you've already dropped plenty of gems in there, especially with that Slack channel. But um, I'll, I'll stop rambling. You can tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, Mark. Yeah. Um, so, lifelong IT professional. Mm -hmm. Been doing this in one form or another for as long as I can remember. It's probably the only thing I ever wanted to do. Yeah. So you know. Like a lot of people from my generation, I started off from uh, wanting to make video games, you know? Yeah. So getting in front of programming for that reason. Yeah. Uh, not ever making video games. Then developing kind of a sysadmin tool belt mm -hmm. as a side effect yeah. of learning programming languages and working in systems. Uh, worked independent for a few years and small office, home office, yeah. sites like this, setting up networks and things and kept running into networking all the time. So I ran back to school and grabbed a networking degree uh, just to do more sysadmin stuff. Yeah. A little more independence and then picked up probably, probably what's my first serious corporate job as a security engineer. Uh, it's a networking company, Bluegrass Cellular, back at home in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Okay. okay. And uh, big now, is that ISP. where you're originally? Uh, you're originally yeah. from Bowling Green. Originally okay. Originally from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Okay. Yeah, born and raised. So, um, when going to work for Bluegrass Cellular, somehow my resume gets mixed up with the security guy, and he loves what he sees on the resume. Yeah. So that's just like a fairy fairy tale story. It just took off from there, yeah. because working as a security engineer, I had this full uh, domain. I had full. Uh, privileges to solve any problem because you're at the top of the the security stack when you're doing that so i i, I treated it like a sysadmin job yeah. but um having that security title in 2013-14 when the security was super hot just like it is now yeah. it skyrocketed everything so when little bowling ring got t to not be enough yeah. and i kind of noticed how hot nashville was i thought i'd step out so yeah came down here and now i'm working for I think what's still the largest private company yeah. in, in Nashville and um, loving it, man. Yeah, you're a, uh, a tech Swiss Army knife uh, as far as I, superstar. I, I think so. I don't know. I don't know if it's enough anymore today. Uh, yeah, you know, everybody um, is allowed to be a jack of all trades now, be multidisciplined. For a while there, when I was making that transition, it wasn't safe to be that. Right. And so it's really, really exciting now that you can be a multidiscipline sysadmin and not get scared away. Yeah. Um, where before you had to focus on your resume and stuff like that, right. or you get rejected for um, being all over the place. You know? Right. And I know we were so discussing times. a little bit previously, but like as far as like the, I guess the catalyst for that trigger where companies went from like, no, we need you to be this one thing as far as a software engineer or front yeah. end, as opposed to like, no, we'll take it all. 
Like, we'll take right. it all because right. we need it all. Yeah, I got a, I've got a little theory on that. I'm not sure, but it looked like as soon as companies started to wear the moniker of I'm a tech company out mm -hmm. front mm -hmm. and not just some other sort of company that's up to its eyeballs in technology, yeah. then it switched over. Because for the longest time for me, uh, it was companies that had a really important IT role, but they didn't classify themselves as a technology or innovations company. Yeah. And somehow that made it where you're uh, as an innovator, as a technologist, your resume, your skill sets, what you might contribute is being compared to a different classification of employee. You get yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now we all out here. Right. It's all samurai. <laughs> so if you got some wild samurai gear on and two katanas, nobody's surprised anymore. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? For a while there, it wasn't like that, man. You're showing up and they look, they're, they're, they're looking for, for certain gear, yeah, a very uniform yeah. soldier. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, the company's caught on to that. I don't know why but I got recruited and I, I that blew me away recruiters mm. people were looking for IT people yeah. I didn't know what made it blow up like it did in Nashville I'm just up the street in Bowling Green right doing my thing and then all of a sudden it's just insanely hot so there was this big exodus for me and my IT community uh, down here to Nashville to get you know bigger opportunities yeah and um, in Kentucky the IT opportunities are so scarce that all of us are sysadmins, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. you're, you're waiting on some guy to retire at yeah. a factory so you can get that <laughs> IT spot and be there, you know, because yeah. you're going to do the networking, you're going to do the security, you're going to be doing the, the back end for their kiosk or point of sale systems because Kentucky doesn't have a lot of IT opportunities. Right. So um, unexpectedly, that gave me an edge too. Yeah. I come to the big market like Nashville and you've got some killers, but they're very specialized. Right. And I was delighted to know, like, oh, I can network too. Right. I have a programming degree and a networking degree, and I've done a lot of systems that I can do a few things, and I like being flexible like that, and companies yeah. like that now. Yeah. And um, more than I was expecting to, I was able to compete and kind of get and land, honestly, it probably doesn't get any more than the job I have now, any yeah. better than that. You know, uh, yeah. man, that's so, so saying a lot, but yeah, I think it's very interesting. You were talking about um, like waiting on the opportunity for a lot of guys in that in the yep. industry to kind of take over um, yep. space. I love that our industry moves so fast mm -hmm. that you don't have to really anymore. Yeah, come to you, and it, it almost like if you haven't entered entered, you can look at what's coming next yes. and leapfrog because somebody else yes, is already occupying those spaces. Yeah, or if you already have like a um, you already have a skill. Mm -hmm. you can just double down on yes. what you see coming next and that make that makes you even deadlier so it's mm -hmm. again like a, a level of abundance where it's room for everyone yeah it's just right. like the a very good times. most appealing it to is this man. industry I remember the the people I've been very lucky with the mentors and teachers I've had yeah. it's always been somebody showing me how to do something weird and technical that I was curious about yeah and all of them some of them that I worked with at my last job which was essentially a networking company, right? Bluegrass Cellular uh, was an ISP, and it was a local rural telecom. So yeah. you got your cable and your phone from them, but they had cell phone business too. So big, huge 10 gig fiber network, yeah. which just got bought out by Verizon, by the way. But I remember this, this situation where all of us Cisco guys that were coming out of school like 2012, 2013, mm -hmm. um, 
we would run into these traditional circuit switching experts who could not understand virtualization. Mm. And it stuck in my head because I've been around long enough to see that happen a couple yeah, of times. Right. Where the technology turns over mm -hmm. and you gotta make a decision. Now it turns over so quickly yep. that it's having an opposite of benefit to, to your point. You can just wait on it. Right. You can just pick the next platform and go ahead and get it's ahead like, on it. I know it's you, coming. Like it's yeah. double dutch, baby. You're I know it's coming. Again. And yeah. so let me go ahead and get my ducks in a row like now. And of course, I think the, yeah. the biggest conversation we would have was like a lot of these cloud uh, powerhouses and giants when yeah. it comes to Azure, Google, and AWS and just yeah. really them planting their roots in Nashville. So it's it's yeah. obviously a good time as any to be here in this city. Um, but what, what would you say is like, obviously like one of the advantages of living here in the tech space as opposed to, uh, I don't know, like a, I guess a smaller town or maybe you can you can cheat a little bit around here mm -hmm. we're still bobble belt rest belt type of culture yeah. so you can run out to murfreesboro and be just fine yeah commuting in you can still cheat a little bit yeah and um i'm out in, in mount julian now i lived in midtown for three years my first three years down here thinking that i needed to remove all the variables of stress mm -hmm. being in traffic being number one so i could really focus <laughs> yeah. on work and it was beneficial to me to do that yeah but when i finally got tired of midtown and had to be a grown-up halfway I run, I run out to the suburbs to buy a house and i found it um not as bad as i thought yeah. the compute the commute doesn't bother me yeah. but you're getting a lot more for your dollar yeah and then there's you know levels to that too you can go even smarter you can go into the legit county you can go to white's creek or somewhere like that in one of these yeah. areas and kind of cheat if you know what i mean right. and not get uh caught up in the rat race so much because yeah. lifestyle and consumption will match your new nice income and then you're not winning anymore right because i think the flight from the coast is what's causing Nashville to grow. Right. It's a bit cynical, but I don't see what the growth is all about. I didn't get it with the Titans, but after the flood, man, Nashville just went crazy. Yeah. But I, when I visited out in San Mateo for my job and I looked around and saw, okay, it's broken. The whole economy is broken. Right. It does not work anymore. You got like bungalows like we have in East Nashville, they're like $4,500 a month and stuff like that. So I think the catalyst for the growth here was flight from other places so that you know you can take advantage of that right is my point you can right. you can exploit that nashville is unique in that way you can't do that anywhere else right now florida's hot they're trying to make themselves a tech hub but yeah. you can't run down there and set up like you can here and bunker down in somewhere inexpensive right. and stack your money and still be working at like a first class it outfit or doing the independent thing like you are and your cohorts are doing, you know, yeah. which is even more fly. Man, I think um, especially with that com uh, commute, I started in Murfreesboro because I stayed in Middle Tennessee for a little while, but yeah. during my military stint, I was mainly down in Murfreesboro. Yeah. And so when I got back from deployment, I would go to um, my commute was from Murfreesboro to Franklin. And so that oh, that's an interesting loop, one. Yeah. yeah. Down on, it was no traffic, but it was yeah. still. About you could kind of avoid the dragon right. staying out there. Just, yeah. I would, man, that was podcast heaven for me yeah. as far as like listening to a lot of. Um, Really listen to a lot of entrepreneurship content okay. mixed with a lot of uh, development content. And now that I think about it, it, it was a lot of learning taking place in that that quiet, almost right meditative state as far as a ride. What but, is that? Thirty-five uh, minutes, forty yeah, minutes? Yeah, yeah. You just swing around, huh? Yeah, just yeah. Get, uh, I get I get down to Spring Hill sometime and 
and cut up through 840. Yeah. Out from Mount Julia, you can jump up one exit and go around and yeah. dodge everything. But so really, I know the area. Yeah, yeah. with um, when I got there, of course, like not only the company that I worked at, but to find out like even these smaller parts outside that they were starting to gather tech hubs as well. And oh, really yeah. because like the, the, I guess maybe the, Commercial cost, uh, yes. like office space down there was more attractive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Makes I sense, know, like, yeah. I think Cracker Barrel headquarters was like Chattanooga, but I think they had a mm -hmm. data center set up down there. And then, of course, the company that I was at and a, and a slew of other ones. But well, you know what's going on downtown in the Nashville Yards, right? No, no. Okay, company I work for. I don't even know if it's okay to say that. I guess it's alright to say I work for Sherry, mm -hmm. but next door to us is Amazon's mm -hmm. Ops Center. So the two companies right in the middle of the new development mm -hmm. is the company I work for and Amazon. And it's not logistics Amazon, it's Amazon Ops. It's their IT guys, guys. it's yeah. their system engineers. No. And the exit I live on, um, Golden Bear I think it's called. Mm -hmm. I don't know my way around Nashville. I just drive and <laughs> yeah. just take left and right turns. I don't know the numbers of the exits, but that's where Amazon is building the new logistics site. Okay. So I'm betting with them, you know what I mean? Like somebody, somebody's investing in this area for some reason. Right. So uh, that means my Julie is gonna have all those hundreds if not thousands of jobs coming yeah. and the uh, tech to cover it as well. Yeah. Interesting times, you know? Right, right. And I noticed we were like, when it came to those uh, those cloud giant companies, yeah. um, I my, uh, um, FedEx, of course, being down in Memphis, I, my uh, father works oh, yeah, yeah. and he talks about like the, the balance of not leaning mm -hmm. towards one or the other. Oh, um, yeah. As, and I was trying to see if you if you could, because your company, y'all also deal with. Oh, um, yeah. We, we touch them all. I, okay. I'm, I'm glad for that, that balance, because early on, I mean, just in 2014, I just still didn't have a grasp of what the cloud was. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until the last few years that it really because I'm doing work and solving problems in the cloud. To me, it just, it just, I couldn't get what the big deal was. Now yeah. I get it. And that sounds silly to say now because it's so ubiquitous, you know? You ain't doing nothing outside the cloud nowadays. Right. But I remember thinking there's going to be this left-right kind of I'm Microsoft, I'm AWS thing. And that didn't last long at all. Yeah. You use whichever one works and they all are good. Yeah. All of them right. And I like that because I think that is a statement of how uh, awesome the technology is becoming. Right. You know, how ubiquitous the whole tech's coming. You can do right. just about everything in each cloud, but you know, some are different than others. And right. uh, we consume Azure a lot a lot because of that my efforts at the job I'm a Microsoft guy so yeah. when I move into that space the nomenclature although it's cloud centric and a little bit protracted it makes more sense to me yeah. AWS I would be practicing something for months just to find out it, would, it had a funky name right. so I'm looking in the wrong di direction I remember on a recent project trying to do uh, logs mm -hmm. you know you do that as a security engineer it's a lot about forwarding logs really fast so you can right. analyze them and make decisions right. or alerts and um, Amazon Kinesis was the technology platform that allowed you to do that on a large scale really fast. And I just didn't know what it was called. Yeah. So that's that's how my Amazon experience, AWS experiences go, but I'm glad to continuously discover that you can learn it wherever you can, then right. transfer it over. I find the parity in the other platform. Right. So that's usually that's my workflow. And what's so wild to me, there's so many aspects of that. Like one, like learning one in itself. Yeah. is a gym or a jewel. Like if you, you yeah. can go somewhere like, hey, I know AWS. I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, come on. But like um, 
you, what you described feels to me like the essence of software solution. Like we have these three products, you know, mm -hmm. Google, Azure, and AWS, and which one fits what? And it also reminds me yeah. of like when you're when we're building like an application or a site, like frameworks. When it comes to like is React the best solution? Mm -hmm. Is Angular or mm -hmm. is Vue? And just I guess now seeing it from right. seeing it in a DevOps. Like yeah. I feel like that wasn't always the case because mm -hmm. there were like a giant that some one always strictly used either you were Cisco or Juniper or You're you right. were like this You're or right. that and now it's 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 caught like it's sped up so much that hey we have like solutions for this now where you can switch over to multiple yeah, things that's a good and thing huh? make sure it's like this is what best solution this is what best solves our problem that's right so we'll run with that as you know? as a Microsoft eccentric engineer I do know is that. Although Satya Nadella's taking them in a fantastic direction, they still got a little bit of that legacy behavior of kind of playing the Monopoly bully game where they present something and it's almost vaporware. Microsoft's burnt me. I learned to slow down uh, uh, so that I don't get caught off guard by Microsoft's, the weird game they play sometimes yeah. with uh, driving adoption for their platform and trying to keep you on it. Yeah. But they're walking backwards. They're walking backwards to a more open source stance, if you want to call it that. Yeah. It's hard when you've got a company that that made its gazillions off of uh, a monopoly game, if you will, like an antitrust yeah. business strategy. Yeah. That was that was Steve Ballmer and all those guys. Mm -hmm. Now Nadella and them are just going slow, but they're like opening more and more up to be nice. not open source, but definitely crowdsourced in how they develop it, the, the directions they take on their platforms. Um, yeah. You can see it with Microsoft Teams right now, yeah. the way they're like getting ahead of Zoom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. That's um, I start utilizing Microsoft Teams for the first time. Yeah, um, and really like, of course, the comparisons that I usually have are Zoom and uh, Google Meets. Yes, um, I really like so. Me and my father share a space as far as where we're just really using it to kind of drop off files as yeah. far as like investor yeah. knowledge and like just different things. But it's it's pretty robust. I think yeah, it is. one of the um, was it like most of the teachers are using it nowadays. Yeah, as far as like NMPS. Yeah. So uh, it's cool that they've been able to navigate in that space as well. Mm -hmm. um, you probably. I, Hopefully, see more of that. But. that. I think I don't know. You can't trust any articles, but it mm -hmm. seems like they're they're ahead in the enterprise space mm -hmm. because with um, Corona, of course, everybody stuck at home and Zoom got really really busy, yeah. and they're, I think they got more expensive. That's at least in my company, that's what happened. They, we literally switched because I guess the prices got bananas, mm -hmm. and the teams. I don't think it's as good looking as Slack. Not def definitely not as good looking as Slack. Yeah and not quite as simplified as Zoom, but the integrations aren't insane in the yeah. whole, um, what do they call that? Com common data services, you ever heard at CDS? The whole back-end data lake on any cloud provider. Okay. It's a generic term. I don't know if that's what AWS causes it, but the integrations are insane. I've, not, I've never seen them easier uh, or implemented in a more easy way than on Microsoft, right. where you can go to um, uh, Power Automate or SharePoint and it's nothing you can't script or integrate because right. it's the, the data is already there. I don't know what that language is. It looks kind of wonky. I don't know if it's got a name. It looks a little bit like F Sharp, but it has its own language yeah. so that you can create automations and integrations where with, with uh, Slack, yeah. uh, you better hope a plugin already exists for it or you have to author one. And with Zoom, you can't do it at all. So Teams is crushing in, yeah. that, in that one category. And that's important. Well. I got now, like, if, you know, my boss emails me and says, yeah, it's okay to do this work tonight at midnight. Right. Once I get the email, 
I get alert on my phone, a notification, and then I get a reminder, and it, ske I, it schedules itself all automatically. And you can author those like right on the fly with Microsoft 365, and no That's other cloud's dope. doing that in the enterprise productivity suite. Okay. I don't know, it's nerdy stuff. Yeah, I don't know no, what I'm no, saying, but it's, it's, it's heavy. Yeah. It, it speaks to what um, everyone else is gonna have to compete against yeah. right now. You know? Now, of course, like being innovative is the name of the game now. Yeah. So I guess on that subject, like your system engineering now, do yeah. you see that like shifting or you know moving in a like adding the next skill set? Do you see a next skill set that you want to reach oh, for? Oh yeah, definitely. There's a few. That brings up some interesting thoughts too, because mm -hmm. I don't know which one to pick all the time, yeah. and I don't know how many more times I'm gonna be able to re ingest the technology. It's not only getting more abstract, mm -hmm. but it's getting, it's like folding over faster, as we mm -hmm. said earlier. It's not taking 10 years for something else to replace right. the way you do it now. It's so, right. it's so fast. But yeah, man, I don't know what Kubernetes is. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't need, I don't need a thousand web servers. Yeah. I watch a gazillion, uh, uh, tutorials and videos and, and they're all just here's how you spin up a hundred thousand web servers <laughs> and so I don't get it you know what I mean so not everything is um, is built for the sysadmin work I want to do yeah. but I keep on the idealist in me I keep trying to repurpose it and readopt it mm -hmm. right now we're trying out our next big uh, uh, code managed code platform mm -hmm. uh, we're gonna let go of I, I think uh, what's the one Bitbucket, you yeah. let go of that. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm hoping we pick up GitLab, but you know you have GitHub, right. you have a, a ton of other ones too that yeah. I hear about that are private and small, but sysadmins, we don't take it, we don't get to take advantage of that that much. So what I'm hoping and waiting for is the next thing that serves systems in here, but uh, forces that DevOps workflow. That's Because we're not working purely in code. I might have a gazillion scripts, right. and I want to be able to store them centrally, right. and I want the guys that work under me to be able to get the latest working version mm -hmm. of some script I wrote right there you get what I mean right but that's the that's the limit of it so the full pipeline check-in check-out mm -hmm. doesn't really serve us but we're trying to make it work right. for us so you uh, start yeah. you starting to get into like integration and like that yes development yes process. to answer you more directly yeah that's the next thing I want to do we want to DevOps traditional sysadmin practices where we're usually the gray bearded dude in the corner that's got all the secrets yeah, keeping it. the whole company working. <laughs> Can't do that no more. Yeah. You got to be transparent open with what you're doing right. and that forces a whole nother discipline. Yeah. And it's tricky seeing how hard it is for me and my guys to adopt to that. You know, yeah. I'm 38 so I'm like a real old millennial so I'm right yeah. there on the edge of I got the sensibilities of both generations, right? I'll tell you what, we young, you young in tech years. You young <laughs> in tech years. You, like, it goes back to what we were talking about yeah. earlier. People getting started at age, you know, 40, yeah. you know, 50, because it's not strenuous. It's yeah. not a strenuous and job. That's beautiful, as man. long as your mind works, you are good to go. Yeah. Um, and that will, man, that will forever be an attractive piece of this um, this industry. Um, but up. Yeah, to your, to your point, as far as <laughs> no longer to be able to sit in the corner and have your headphones nah, on nah. like that. That was my dream. Yeah. To be I, that dude. Right. To figure out something real difficult mm -hmm. that no one else knew how it worked. And then that, that created my job right. security. Yeah. And you're not seeing that anymore. You're seeing people with more than half a foot in independence and entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And I'm so impressed with it. Generationally, you know, to see the people coming behind me approaching it that way. They're not yeah. all just looking for some corporation to pay them and retire from there. Yeah. I love that about what's going on right now, especially for our people, for our community. I think I definitely had, I, I uh, empathize with that as far as like when I got to work and I was, you know, in a cubicle in my desk. And yeah. It was, it was almost like, 
like that's what the company wants. Like, hey, yes. you're sitting here and you're, you know, you know what you're doing and you're working on it. When you need to ask questions, you can. But I think the shift in, like, obviously, like terms like pair programming and mm -hmm. you know more of like group, like projects as far as getting this stuff together, it has helped. Uh, one for me personally, like increased technical communication. Mm -hmm. And I found that once I increased my technical communication, I also better understood a yeah. lot of what I talked, a yeah. lot of what I was talking about. Wait, help um, me understand what you mean by technical communication. Well, just going through the steps of explaining something to someone else. As technical far as or non-technical? Technical, non technical uh, I guess technical. Yeah, okay. Yeah, as right far on. as like, because I, I felt like I had a grasp grasp of my task as yeah. opposed to just like going through the motions yeah and once like somebody will pop up on you and like well why are you doing that and i think it's not that mm -hmm. that wasn't the case but i feel like the volume has increased on that especially yes. when you're constantly with somebody you're shooting back and forth mm -hmm. as far as like okay now we're we're explaining everything to each other yeah like we're explaining everything to each yeah. other yeah like, that's a whole other confidence to be yeah. able to do that i was wondering if that was what you were referring to because again that's a challenge I run into that I'm still working with not used to having to explain to somebody yeah. how you uh, did your kung fu you yeah know what I mean it's right a secret right you know what I mean you can't you know, that doesn't scale anymore mm -hmm. and I'm curious on what what made that happen I got some crazy little wild theories because mm -hmm. I think it's I think it's uh, diversity that made that happen yeah. you know what I mean yep. uh, there's some portion of the internal business functions that is a protraction of the macro capitalist function right of if you got something to sell it's not it doesn't benefit me to tell my customer that the guy next door has a better product right, right? So there's a certain sort of subversiveness and secretiveness that, that's a part of typical corporations, right, in yeah. the West or in the United States, and that ain't flying anymore. Mm, yeah. So it's it's interesting to see that, you know, yeah. you gotta really have a better thing you're offering, right, yeah, or do man. it better. When you sound like that, it's like a, a breakdown of a system, and I like yeah. there's something so liberating about yeah. that as far as I like know. growth and, and that's why I'm thinking about it because when I when I imagined uh, the. Silicon Valley explosion, like when I kind of think of it philosophically or mythologically, I'm, I wonder if that's what went on out there, you know? Yeah. I wanted to hear more from the guy you guys interviewed. I don't know. I don't know if I'm watching the pods in order or not, but yeah. he had did some time out there. Uh, and, oh, uh, the shards. Yeah, the and yeah. I wanted to hear more about that because yeah. I'm so interested in, like, culturally and socially, what's really going on out there, you right. know? Because um, some of, especially in the DevOps movement of culture, I'm of the mind that I think it's diversity yeah. and minorities that made that happen because it's it's a more communicative, collective approach yeah. to doing the work. That's right. all it really is, you know what I mean? And you get to see these crazy benefits when you stop trying to treat everything like an internal corporate trade secret, right? you know, and uh, capitalize on it. Now right. we're just going to, whoever can do it best, contribute and we all get the best product right because you're like, absolutely you're speaking strongly toward like perspective yeah really perspective yeah. i'm like man let me get some new like, <laughs> that is the essence even even again you talk about this industry like hey like mark i'm not looking at this right like can you put eyes mm -hmm. on this and mm -hmm. that's literally all that we're at, you're asking companies to do like get yeah. fresh fresh eyes like I'm, right. I'm telling you it yeah. like it can be the solution because you yeah. got 10 of your same guys working on this problem it doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad that's right it's just that you're that's right. like you're offering i run into that a lot in my work man yeah. where um i get sort of classified as an innovator and it's one of those empty what do you call it kind of like being told you're articulate mm -hmm. it's like i don't know what you mean by that because yeah. i'm just speaking english so right. so what so so what perspective do you already hold? And it happens a lot at work, you know, mm -hmm. internally where 
I consider myself a, a purist, an IT purist, so I'm always thinking technically. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you've ever worked with any vocational purist, they're that way. If you ever like had your uncle over that's a plumber, yeah. and he thinks he can, you know, fix the TV <laughs> with plumbing, and it's, that's how they be. They like what they know is what they know. So in my job, where it's a it's a customer service company that's up to its eyeballs in technology. Mm -hmm. What I'm considering this normal baseline technical implementation appears to be really fly innovative stuff. And I'm right. like, hmm, how many companies are really thinking this way? Uh, they really got to get more diversity if this is a surprise to them. Like, you hadn't thought of this? I, I think it's it's a bit of all of what you said. Like, and yeah. for it being an opportunity, like, hope that continues to happen somewhere else for somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, and, and as long as that continues to happen, you know, you'll continue to have this environment to where it's like, oh, right. like we got innovators, and I it's just like, no, nah, I'm just being me. That's right. <laughs> like, it's just, it's the, it's the natural. It's like, it's the natural outcome if you had a fully representative environment. You know what I mean? You wouldn't be surprised by this, right? You know what I mean? It's right. like. I'm sure there Finding are examples supposed of to put cinnamon in your sweet potato pie or something like you didn't know that. Yeah, you couldn't have been around certain people from this <laughs> right. You know, that's right. how I feel about it. You know what I mean? I was wanting to ask you though before we um, go in the other direction. Did you start with your time uh, as a uh, serving the military? Did you start technically there? Or were you doing IT before that or something? So like before that, it was. So it really started in the military, but okay. even before that, okay. my interest came with game development and then the example, like my father, he's a uh, program analyst. Oh, and wow. so he was really the example as far as like making sure all that stuff was around us. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, nice. the, what I used it for was, you know, gaming. Um, all right. And even, even with my friends, um, but that was like, that was all I knew. And so even when I started to head in directions, um, mm -hmm. like with the military, I knew I wanted to have something technical in aspect. Um, I knew I also like working with my hands um, all right. as far as like building things. And so that's why I was the hardware side as far as, um, uh, infrastructure when it came to uh, yeah uh, cat file cable and I'm forgetting the name of the did that US ever put now. you in any data centers yes yeah yes that's another um, world man, man a whole we, other um, discipline. actually like after we deployed we came back and they wanted to do a joint force operations uh, a coalition of countries mm -hmm. and so it was just a practice exercise but they had us building out data centers and we went wow. to Germany during Oktoberfest and man, oh, man. when I tell you like <laughs> I, I, I'm grateful for the experiences that yeah. the military provided um, because it allowed me a lot of opportunities but also also, um, it, it just, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in this data center. And they was like, yeah, just break what you want and right, <laughs> like right. have fun. I've run um, into a few colleagues that kind of had that, uh, that vector to where they're at now. They had that path where they were in the military. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, um, it seems like they're, they're all sharp. Mm -hmm. The military is so efficient in how they teach you mm -hmm. and stuff that they're, they're really good, the guys that know them. I know some networking guys, of course, a few, yeah. a few um, networking guys, and then some um, directory services guys yeah. that are just, just elites, you know, because yeah. of the time they spent in the military. Yeah. That's really cool, man. I think it has, yeah, because for me it had to be, a, like you said, an idea of what I wanted, like even mm -hmm. before going in there, because that's, that's a big help, because like they'll, they'll send you where they need you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, all right, well, this is what I want to work towards and make sure that's constantly in my mind. 
Um, but also, yeah, when you when when that aligns with what they can offer, mm -hmm. then I think that becomes a beautiful opportunity, and you take advantage advantage of it as much as you can um, because like the, ex the pure right. experience, and that's the military. If I don't say anything, it's, it's not theory; it's all application. Like, yeah. hey, man, we don't know how this works. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Like, hey, you can just go put your hands on it, yeah. and like you're the only guy at that point. You become the most expert in your field at like Cisco routers and it's like oh right. yeah no Trevor did that thing right. he slapped the box yeah, on the yeah. side and it started pinging and so we're good now. You mentioned Juniper mm -hmm. so did you work with Juniper hardware? Yeah so that's when I transitioned out of the military in my first um, network administration job yeah uh, well network tech network technician job was at this company called Siberia and they handle uh, the point of sale systems for like gas stations and a lot of big name companies. Wow. But in between that was their proprietary product, mm -hmm. which was uh, a router built off the back of Juniper. Yeah, um, the Juno, so, Juno S is really popular in, yeah. in purpose built route switching solutions like that. Mm -hmm. And I encountered it a lot like in my last job, which was essentially a, a, a networking company. Yeah. But I never touched it, the pure networking guy such that stuff. I just dealt with a little bit of little bit of Cisco, a little Sienna. Yeah. Uh, uh, for large telecom stuff. Yeah. Uh, a lot of my my motivation to be a system engineer or the reason I became or call myself that is because it, I would encounter things and, and be maddened by not knowing how it worked and mad that no one could tell me either. Yeah. Point of sale systems, ATMs, yeah. you know, like I, somebody's wiring it up. It's running on a computer, obviously. Yeah. Why don't we know that? So at tech school, that was always my thing. Like we'd be reading and doing uh, what I felt was a little too much academic work and I was wanting to know how do I build somebody yeah like I got businesses that I could be running cable for right now yep. and making money but I don't really know how to charge them or where I go get this stuff I didn't know about gray bar right up the street from here mm -hmm. bigger biggest supplier in the region if you want to go get 10,000 feet of cat 5 oh, you know what I mean okay yeah. you know, they don't teach they don't teach that kind of stuff in the in the tech schools, you know? Right. So a lot of a lot of my independent work it was kind of motivated around those gaps in knowledge, you know what I mean? Yeah. I would get big jobs sometimes and honestly not know how to complete them. Yeah. You know? uh, and so I, it made me obsessive about gathering the right information to right. kind of quell that insecurity. I know you talked about um, like mentorship. Now, was this always at different capacities? Because for me, like even now, it's always at different capacities and I love that. Yeah. Was there, a, um, did you, like I guess out in the field when you were at companies, yeah. did that look different from when you were actually in like technical training? Uh, yeah, it did. It did. I, I don't know what to attribute to other than luck. I'm a little brother, mm -hmm. so I got three older brothers and a lot of uh, really close friends of my older brothers that I call my brother, and I don't know why, but it was always someone showing me yeah. the right thing to do. I don't know if thing. it was my curiosity or what, but as I get older, I feel more and more lucky about that, you know, and blessed about that. So. Yeah. Um, it was a little bit of both. I would run into, like I said before, some guy that was tired of the job yeah. and I'm hungry to do it. Yeah. I was a technical technology director for the Boys and Girls Club in the region oh, dope. for about yeah. five years. I love working with young people and getting them in front of computers and showing them how to do stuff, you yeah. know, whether it be Photoshop or something, something to expose them. And um, in doing that, I ended up 
stewarding a really big grant from Microsoft. I still, I still think they do it. They throw about 30 million a year at Boys and Girls Clubs. And what that means is that money goes to any sort of programming you want to do that exposes underprivileged kids to technology. Okay. So we did one called Club Tech. They send you a bunch of software and hardware. You know what I mean? You set up the computer lab and you teach the kids in the neighborhood the thing, right? That's dope. In okay. doing that, I got so good at it because it was my it was my side way of exposing myself to huge technical challenges without repercussions. Because the Boys and Girls Club don't care if I blow up the router, right? But I had, yes. I had Cisco routers and standing up server 2003 yeah. um, while teaching kids how to program with Alice. You ever heard of Alice? No. It's one of those platforms that like sort of abstracts programming mm -hmm. and teaches kids programming and through building blocks or something like that. Okay. They come around every few years, okay. you know, and like independent school districts pick them up. It happens all the time. I, I'm just imagining yeah. like that's yeah. probably the perfect sandbox. Yeah, it was. Like you got that's why I'm telling you to get to the like... to get to the answer of the mentorship thing. I don't know how I got so lucky, yeah. but I got super lucky a yeah. lot a lot of times. And so uh, the boys and girls club said, "Hey, can you do this for all of Kentucky?" You know, mm -hmm. and so I did it for a few sites in in Western Kentucky. Yeah. And while in Glasgow, one site over from Bowling Green, I ran into this gentleman that was sick of doing networking, yeah. and he's the first dude to show me how to splice uh, RJ45, you know, yeah. with, by hand, yeah. you know. And I ran the uh, cabling for this old uh, African American high school that was now the Boys and Girls Club. You know how we'll have our traditional buildings and they'll leave them there, but they might get used for something else. Yeah. It was one of those kind of joints in Glasgow, Kentucky. Uh, and uh, so I'm running Cat 5 all over the place, not knowing what I'm doing. And then another guy comes along <laughs> who worked with the guy that just retired and just gave me the whole responsibility. He comes yeah. along and was like, he just kind of taps me. He was right. like, hey, that's the heat pipe up there. <laughs> so I had my Cat 5 on the heat pipe getting ready to get melted. It was one of those old buildings that used, uh, what do you call those things, the burners? Mm -hmm. You ever seen that in an old building? Like it's a big water furnace and I that's how so. they heat the building. Yeah. I forget what they call it, boiler rooms. Okay. They yeah, had a yeah. boiler room. And I'm running Cat 5, the plastic Cat 5 on the pipes <laughs> for the boiler. So I had to go up there and read all this. Stuff like that happened to me over and over yeah. and over. But I ended up learning an invaluable skill right. that was and a I, trade that no yeah. one would give to you otherwise. And I can tell you a gazillion stories on other, the next time we sit down and right, about right. that. But that's what happened to me for being uh, as in the mentorship. I was always just outside of understanding something mm -hmm. and really hungry and a little bit a little bit annoyed, it really was a source of anxiety, to be honest, that like, being, being poor, we need to wrap up, I think. My man is like, yeah. you ain't getting another My story. Bad. I'm saving that story. My bad. That's how it was for me. Yeah. Wanting to get something, not knowing how to get there, and then somebody being in between me and that thing, yeah. and I got a gazillion of those type of occurrences, and yeah. just dumb luck, man. Man, uh, Mark. Like, of course, I got like plenty of questions off of that. Obviously, yeah. that means we're gonna yeah. have to have you back. I yeah. appreciate you. No problem. Like, At least now y'all know time. why I'm so mouthy in there. I'm, I'm dying to, to yeah, share information yeah. and little I, shortcuts and secrets and about man, we, how to move in IT. We really want to expose else. and highlight because I know there are more people that have the same questions yeah. and are curious as well. And so your information yeah. becomes very valuable. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna do my the rundown of shout outs. <laughs> like, all right, so. First and foremost, happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there um, for serving. Um, we appreciate your service. Um, this is this is your day, so uh, thank you so much. Um, also, uh, like, subscribe, and follow the Black Codes on Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. 
Yeah, also, of course, I can't forget Tacos with a Twist for allowing us to use their space. Um, thank you so much. Um, if ever you're in the neighborhood, Berry Hill area, swing by Tacos with a Twist. Um, I think their taco of the month is the crispy catfish, which I might grab one of those wow. as well. Um, Sounds good. But yeah, uh, also a personal shout out to our black fashion business. Um, today, if you guys don't know this, can I turn around and show this? Um, I'm sporting uh, one of my favorite artists. Was it, is it on the, it's fly. Is it showing on the front? Uh, my man, Doodle Jor. He is a creative, um, inspirational artist. Um, and his merchandise is available on Instagram at, you can go to Doodle Jor as the name. I think that's the name. I'm messing up, Jordan. But yeah, like I got you, bro. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll have it in the links below because this will be online. So um, yeah. And I, I think that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, stick to the code and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace, y'all.